Welcome to Wise and Nice, a true crime podcast with your hosts Danny Armstrong and Kelly Lee. Please remember that we mean no disrespect to anyone mentioned in this episode or across any of the Wise and Nice platforms. We have an interest in true crime and related topics, and whilst we may offer our own personal views on certain items, it is meant to be educational and as light-hearted as possible. The information we present is collated from research gathered from the internet, and we reference and credit our sources wherever possible. If you've liked what you've heard and want to join in with us, follow us on our socials, Instagram, Wives and Knives the Pod, Twitter, at Knives Wives, and Facebook, Wives and Knives Pod. We also have a little website where we post photographs and other information about the cases that we research. And this is wivesandknives.wixsite.com forward slash my site. Hello and welcome to this week's Wives and Knives. Hello everybody. Hope everyone's okay out there. Yes. Um, before we start, Kelly, a little update. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm not so bad, thank you. Um, I'm full of some kind of lurgy, but not the popular one. Um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, and I've got my uh, little Beans birthday party in a few hours. So, thoughts and prayers, everybody, that I survived that experience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, let me know if there's any broken ankles or sickness. Oh, God. Please, yeah, I can cope with the puke, but not any broken limbs. Please, no broken limbs, everybody. It is a trampolining party. It is, it is. I feel like the broken limb uh, probability is high. Oh, God. Well, they do have to sign a waiver, so... And... Good. Uh, oh, um, okay. I'm buzzing because it's sunny. Oh, yeah. The weather is absolutely gorgeous, isn't it? It's... I am very typically British and, like, I enthuse about the weather, but I'm so fucking glad that it's sunny. I think we all do because it's just it's so rare we never get like a block of nice weather do we even in the summer it's very rare so yeah it's yeah lovely out there also I want to um, give a little shout out if you'll ever listen to this to my husband (laughs) because before we got married I used to moan that we didn't have an anniversary because we got together in kind of a backwards unofficial fashion that we didn't really have a date we got together on so we never celebrated anniversaries and then we got married and I was like oh we'll have an anniversary now (laughs) and a month after we got married he got me like presents a card and was like happy one month anniversary (laughs) 50% being sweet but 50% taking the piss and making a point So last Sunday was six months since we got married. I had no bloody clue, like, no idea. Anyway, I got flowers delivered, a little card, and he was like, happy six months. And now he's just gloating that he remembers our anniversaries and I don't. (laughs) So there we go. I mean, long may you keep it up. But I was under the impression that an anniversary was a yearly thing and he just keeps springing them on me. Oh, I think that's really sweet. It is. It is a good good chunk for really sweet and a little bit of it like him taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but um, I love it and he's a good and 
It is a good thing, for sure, definitely. Um, well, I'm going to do a little um, sort of like, it's not a shout out. Well, it is a shout out. I just want to say hi um, to, we've had a lovely message on Instagram from a new listener. So hi out there. Thank you very much. And welcome to all new listeners. Yeah, every single person that listens means so much to us because we're really just doing this for ourselves. <laughs> um, so it's lovely that anyone takes an interest and we hope you do enjoy it. And if you don't, you don't have to listen. Exactly. Well, there we go. This, so, oh, I was just going to say, this particular person um, who sent a message on um, Instagram was like... I'm completely obsessed. I've binged all your episodes, and I was like, "Oh, that is just awesome!" Yeah, that's yeah. really nice. Really, really nice. So, welcome. Um, so this week we are doing some missing cases of people that are <laughs> that are missing. Quite <laughs> self-explanatory. I was going to say people that are yet to be found. Yeah, and yeah. I am going to start. The first one is Damien Vernon. So Damien has been missing since the 8th of December 2014 and he was 32 at the time of his disappearance. He's six foot tall with short light brown hair and a slim build. He was last seen when he travelled from his house in Bridlington. And he was travelling to Sheffield in a Vauxhall Corsa registration YH51FLL. And this car actually belonged to his girlfriend. Now, he was heading to Sheffield, but he turned off and went into Wakefield. And he left this car on Sycamore Avenue, where he was last seen leaving the car and walking down like an alleyway off this road and there is no further sightings of him after that the police have said in the papers quite sort of vocally that there's no suggestion of criminal activity leading to Damien's disappearance however there has been no new lines of inquiry since June 2015 so it's seven years since he went missing yeah so last Christmas marked seven years since he vanished And his eldest daughter, Courtney Vernon, who's now 20, appealed for information about her dad's disappearance. So people are still looking for him. People are missing him. He left behind a fiancé, kids, a brother, just a family that really cared for him. And something that I've read, which is super sad, but quite common in cases like this, his mum died very shortly after he went missing. And all the family say that she died of a broken heart. Oh, that's so... You do kind of hear of that, though. Yeah, you do. I think the stress and the the worry and everything like that has a detrimental effect on, um, like, the loved one's health. So on the day he went missing, like I said, he was supposed to be heading to Sheffield. He was had actually told family that he was going to look at buying a car and he had quite a bit of cash on him as well when he went. However, we know that he never made it to Sheffield. On the day that he went missing, he actually sent his mum a text saying that he really loved her and he 
um, knew that he'd caused us some upset in the past. He loved all his family and he always would and he always will. The kind of text that might indicate that he was not sort of in a positive mental state at the time, but that's only looking at it with sort of hindsight in mind. It could could have completely been a coincidence. Now, there's not actually a huge amount online about this case. Um, it's been reported sort of in local newspapers. So there's a lot of like um, Wakefield newspapers, Hull, that kind of area reporting on it. But sort of mainstream, um, like would have been available everywhere not so much so there's some conjecture over whether someone was with him in the car but it's never been confirmed or denied by the police which to me would indicate the police know more than the letting on Mm. some sources say that there was a person in the car with him that person saw him leave the car but has been ruled out as a suspect but we don't know who this person is other reports have said the person in the car was the person that he intended to buy the car in Sheffield off but again the police haven't commented on this and the sort of web links relating to this from the time lots of them have been taken down so you can find loads of articles but when you actually click on it to read it it's gone also the find damien vernon facebook page was taken down just over a year after he went missing which seems pretty quick to me Mm, yeah it does doesn't it so there seems to be sort of a lot of secrecy surrounding what happened and there is some speculation that he was involved in something criminal it was actually written in the bridlington free press that he had links to criminal gangs but this has never been something that's been spoken about by law enforcement so the amount of speculation surrounding this case is kind of upsetting because there's nothing known for certain all we do know is the facts of the case is that he was last seen in wakefield very strange isn't it yeah and his daughter's still looking for him um there's there's some lovely photos of him online with his kids and whatever he had got caught up in whether it was something he was aware of or not it's just a shame and there was a body found in water nearby a couple of years later but it was ruled out it wasn't Damien but that kind of brought him up as a missing person again but yeah it it wasn't him and he did have ADHD and a few um, sort of it's very indifferent diagnosis, but he was on tablets for his mental health. But that's not to say that he's likely to like take his own life or anything like that. It's just spoken about in the press as sort of an indicator that he could have. Mm. But I find that a bit of a generalisation, just because yeah. you've you've got a diagnosis for 
something to do with mental health does not mean that that should be a conclusion that people jump to, in my opinion. I find it very odd that the police haven't confirmed if there was someone in the car with him or not. Although I have read that he chucked his phone out of his car on the motorway which would seem that he didn't want to be traced wherever he was going to. Some people have suggested that he was travelling somewhere to pay off a debt and that he was taken for the money. But again, this is all sort of hearsay back and forth and there seems to be very little going on to find this man now. So I just thought it would be... um, a good case for me to highlight and I've got some photos of Damien if anybody wants to have a look we'll post them on social media but he's been missing since 2014 and whatever he was or wasn't caught up in he was a man with a family and people that miss him and he's just disappeared so I think whatever may have happened to him people should still be looking for him absolutely yeah of course and that's really all there is on Damien Um, like I said there's not much out there apart from articles written in very local press and a lot of them do contradict each other as well which seems to be a theme when looking at um, missing people that there's a lot of contradictory information out there. Yeah, and like you said before, there's it's like, you know, little things that don't necessarily add up and aren't necessarily substantiated either. So. No. And when you, like, I was looking through loads of sort of, like I said, like the whole uh, local newspapers, Bridlington, Wakefield, stuff like that, there's so many um, adverts in between the sort of nuggets of information and then you don't know who said what and what is substantiated and what isn't it's it's really hard to do without specific statements from law enforcement or another sort of verified source and I just couldn't find anything Mm. which is a shame but I do hope like his daughter Courtney has had a child and so he's got a grandson that is never never met and um in her appeal to find him she said like her grandson looks her her son Damien's grandson looks just like him and he's growing up knowing that he's got this granddad but they don't know where he is oh that's so sad yeah so I do hope that there's some closure for her at some point yeah but that's not gonna happen if um, so if the police aren't looking for him I, f- I feel so the more attention that this case can get the better or maybe if people knew stuff at the time and um, thought it wasn't important maybe they could reconsider and all it really takes is sort of one bit of new information to open a new line of inquiry but there's been nothing since the June of uh, 2015 so I just hope uh, something happens soon for Damien. 
So, who have you been looking into this week? Okay, well, this week I am looking at a case from 2010, and it's the case of Russell Bowling. So, 18-year-old Russell was your average teenager, really. Um, He's the youngest of three sons. Uh, He lived at home with his parents, Roger and Christine, in West Ella, Yorkshire. Um, Russell, Ooh, another Yorkshire case. Yeah, we're he- I feel like we're heavy Yorkshire area today, aren't mm. we? Um, yeah, Russell was um, enrolled in his local college on a bricklaying course, and that's at Bishop Burton College, which is about um, 10 miles away from where he lived. So on the 2nd of March 2010, Russell left his home uh, approximately eight o'clock in the morning, um, supposedly on his way to college. Now, it was a normal morning um, as far as his parents were concerned, with sort of the only noted difference in um, Russell's behaviour sort of being that he chose to wear uh, unusually smart clothing. Right. So that that would be um, a Ben Sherman jacket uh blue jeans and his favorite trainers so russell went off for the day eight o'clock but he didn't return home at his usual time that evening and because that was quite out of character for him his parents reported him missing now at five o'clock on that same day 45 miles away from russell's home an employee for the rspb who was working in the area observing puffins noticed that Russell's Renault Renault Clio was in a car park and that was at Bempton Cliffs. Now, when this worker came back the following day, uh, sorry, the following morning, the car was still there and it had a ticket on it that was bought at 11.30, like the day before. And it was for a full day's parking. So, like, we know Russell was, like, well, his car was there, so we can only presume that Russell was there. But what was he actually doing at these cliffs? Now, Bempton Cliffs is a coastal nature reserve, so hence the RSPB being there. Um, but it's also a famous area for suicide. And it's also the home of a disused RAF radar station. Now, After finding the car and being alerted to its presence, the police obviously got involved and they automatically thought that suicide was a likelihood and this was further backed up in their eyes because they discovered an audio recording um, at Russell's home. I believe it was on a dictaphone, but there are varying reports. And this recording was essentially Russell giving a suicide note Now, Russell's parents explained that he'd actually made that recording when he was 15. And at that time, he was quite worried, like, about his upcoming exams, um, like, and his future in general. So he, in the recording, he basically states that he doesn't believe he's intelligent enough and he does speak about wanting to, to, to die, basically. Now, his parents offered, like, a different theory. Yeah. They they believed that he didn't go to the cliffs to, like, complete suicide. He was going there to explore the nearby abandoned RAF radar station. Now, Russell was, like, a keen, let's say, explorer of the station. 
Um, so he had interest in it. Now, this particular um, RAF radar station had been like, it's well known in the area. Um, lots of like locals talk about it a lot because it's said that in the 1970s, a satanic cult used the bunker for like ceremonies and things like that. Right. And, it, and this bunker is uh, allegedly painted with like erotic artwork all over the walls. Now, I have read, I've seen this artwork and I, I've read a bit about the bunker. It is kind of, I would say possibly it's a rumour that it was used by a satanic cult. Um it's heavily disputed because like this alleged occult graffiti is more like um well to me it just looks like someone's painted like naked women with like devil horns and stuff i personally wouldn't <laughs> classify it as like occult graffiti i don't know maybe it's just somebody who was just dicking about you know yeah it. um but anyway so Russell's dad, he he actually says that um, Russell had an interest in the artwork and he'd kept pictures of the artwork on a USB stick. Yeah. This USB stick has never been discovered, but it is implied that potentially someone like an external third party could have given Russell this USB stick and perhaps they were related to his disappearance. Now, there was quite a big investigation into Russell's disappearance um, and the police inquiry later sort of found that Russell had logged on to the REF Bempton website approximately 30 minutes before he left the house on the day that he vanished. Um, but he'd also looked at a page about Ravenscar, which is a village in North Yorkshire, and it's also mm. a place where the family owned a holiday home. So this place, um, Raven's Car, is about 27 miles away from Benton Cliffs, and it's about 52 miles away from the Bowling family home. Now, there was quite, like I say, quite um, a substantial investigation, but there was also um, quite a lot of like in-depth searches done by the Coast Guard, but not yeah. nothing was found. Now, a search of the actual bunker was carried out by Humberside Fire and Rescue, and they used heat-sensitive cameras. But the Bowling family, like, sort of later criticised this because, you know, if Russell was was dead in the bunker, then heat-sensitive cameras wouldn't necessarily pick it up. No. Now, a further three-hour search was performed in 2012, and that was as a firefighter training exercise. And the actual bowling family, they paid to have the bunker opened because um, it's been it had been shut down due to people sort of going in and exploring it. Yeah. And the family were present during this examination, um, but nothing was found. Now, the police also searched um, the bowling's holiday home, you know, lots of areas around anything that was connected to the searches that Russell had, completed, had done on the computer, but nothing was found, like no sign of Russell was discovered. 
Now, Russell's family, they maintain that they believe that someone else was involved in his disappearance. So on the day that he went missing, um, they said that he only had like a limited amount of petrol in his car and he had like little money on him. Yeah. There was no sort of like no transactions on his debit card or anything. So his parents decided to recreate the trip um, with a similar amount of petrol in the car. And the car ran out of petrol in a village called Brandis Burton, which is about 20 miles before you get to Bempton Cliffs. So their wonder, like the parents wondered, had somebody else been in the car with him and had put, like potentially paid for fuel? Yeah. Now, while they were recreating the trip, um, Russell's sat-nav from his car was tested and it was also found that three days before he disappeared, he'd actually made journeys to York, Bradford, and, as you mentioned before, Bridlington. Oh. So all of these like destinations are within like an hour, roughly, of his house. Yeah. Russell never told anybody like why he was visiting these places. Like he kept it secret from them. Um, so obviously the police and the family think that that's quite relevant to his disappearance the police like Humberside police they didn't necessarily believe that he didn't have enough petrol like they as far as they're concerned he could have driven to Bempton Cliffs with the amount of fuel that he had in his car yeah but what's interesting is they didn't sort of like collect any cctv footage you know like they didn't check um his route in terms of cctv they only did that later on so when they actually went like as part of the investigation to look at some of the garages that he could have potentially have visited um that cctv would had been erased you know as often happens in cases after a certain time so they they couldn't access it so he could have been caught on cct yeah that's a shame yeah it was too late now um there's a couple of things i wanted to sort of just go over but what i found really interesting was that russell was actually set to well due to receive three hundred thousand pounds from his dad and that was due that was apparently he was going to use that to start up her business and as well as that he was also going to receive a house so according to an interview that his father gave all three sons were going to receive a house um and then russell would have received this extra money to start off his business now russell didn't have like he didn't have any cash like he hadn't received that inheritance at the time but his parents think that that could have been like the reason like why he went missing like had somebody had their eye on the inheritance or something it just doesn't make that part of it doesn't make sense no. is why you surely if somebody was interested in you know like stealing said inheritance from him wouldn't it make more sense to wait until he actually received it but doesn't that point the finger at one of their other children? That's an excellent point. 
I didn't say that, but it's an excellent point. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. In in 2019, it was like almost 10 years after his disappearance, an inquest was held and it was actually found, uh, like the coroner found, that suicide was not a likely reason for his disappearance. So... I've got a quote here. It's been a long time coming to bring forward this inquest and it must have been incredibly difficult for Russell's family. The investigation by the police has not been perfect, but it has been thorough and they still don't know what happened to Russell. So it's also highlighted that Russell was enjoying the best part of his life at the time that he disappeared. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's coming up to 18. He's doing really well at college. Like, why would he want to take his own life? And the current does say, quote, I do not think he had sufficient intent to take his own life. Yeah. So in terms um, of like an unlawful killing, there is no evidence to say that Russell had been killed so that they couldn't make that finding. Um, one of the one of the reasons or possibilities that was raised within the inquest was that he could have potentially died accidentally. Like, did he die inside the bunker? Yeah. Like, um, possibly he could have suffered an asthma attack because there was quite a lot of asbestos there. Um, did he fall off the cliff? Um, again, insufficient evidence to make that finding. Now, I've got a few interesting bits um, that I found on a subreddit and the person that's visited the bunker actually says that the entrance of the bunker is at the top of a slope and that's around 50 to 100 yards away from a very abrupt cliff edge. So it could be a possibility that he accidentally fell to his death. Yeah. But again, no body's been found and... As it is, you know, like from historic experience, shall we say, the majority of people that have completed suicide from there, from that point, their bodies have been found and quite quickly. Yeah. So if that's the case, where is Russell? So a couple of other interesting things that I found uh, on Reddit, and again, I'm just quoting these from Reddit, um, in August of, of 2010, uh, two human feet were found on the banks of the Humber Estuary, and that's about 50 miles away from Bempton Cliffs. Now, one foot was in a brown steel toe-cap boot, and that is said to be similar to a pair of boots that were missing from Russell's possessions. But tested, like, tests later showed that the feet were, like, weren't Russell's. So, again where is russell's body yeah something in another few little interesting bits that i did just want to raise two years after russell was reported missing roger and christine his parents they found a pair of russell's trainers at their holiday home in raven's car and his parents strongly believe that the shoes that they found are the pair that he was wearing on the day that he disappeared So did he go to the holiday home? We don't know. And if he did, how did he get there? And why? Exactly. Another point that has been raised, you know, by uh, his brothers and by his parents, 
did he have a secret friend from college? They they feel like he did, like he was talking to somebody, but he didn't express to them who that person was. Was there another person there with him? Again, there's no CCTV, so we don't know, and no one's come forward. But there was another very strange thing that I found. And again, this is on a subreddit, so make of that what you will. Yeah. But to help in the search for Russell, um, his father handed over his computer to the police. So it was to help sort of like look for any clues to where he could have gone, what, yeah. what sites have been visited, etc. Now, in September of um, 2010 when um, Roger, the dad, had given the police the computer. It actually emerged that Roger had over 400 images on his computer of children in their underwear posing erotically and three pictures of extreme pornography depicting adults engaging in bestiality. So he was actually made to sign the sex offenders register. So again... As you kind of touched on before, this is completely conjecture. We don't have any sort of evidence to back this up. But it would seem that the only people that would kind of benefit from Russell disappearing are anybody who may have been in line to share that inheritance. Yeah. Because like we said, a secret friend wouldn't have access to any money you know, and it wouldn't sort of help them at all. Yeah. You know, to get rid of Russell. You know, he didn't have that money. You know, so who would benefit? And I think you touched on it before. That's the only person that I, well, the only people that I could see would benefit from that. What do you think? Like, what do you think from that? What happened? Yeah, I think from from what you said, one of the other beneficiaries of the inheritance is the most likely suspect yeah there's not there's nothing to support that as such it's just us uh, spitballing about it but yeah i i can't i can't see i can't see why russell would want to um complete suicide i, I can't see that personally from what i've read um i also think it's a bit there's just a few strange things like it was a shared computer and the only people that sort of say that he had an interest in that place are his parents and his family nobody else really seems to say that that was something that russell was massively interested in see i would have said i think it's an accident if it wasn't for the inheritance yeah i feel like an accident makes sense to me as well um but then again where is he where's his body you know if he had fallen off the cliff trying to gain entry entry into the um the bunker i feel like he would have he would have been found by now yeah you know so yeah it's very very strange um lots of little rabbit reddit holes you can go down and as usual we'll put um, the links and the sources but if you've heard of this case or you want to have a you know look into it just let us know what you think and if you find anything else because i find it really fascinating 
Yeah, I'll look into that a bit more, I think. Mm. It's uh, one I'd vaguely heard of, but nothing in detail. The bit you said about um, the way you dressed... You just dress quite smartly and stuff. For some reason, that's stuck in my head. Like, I was like, oh, is that case? Yeah, um, I mean, that's another thing. Why why dress smartly unless you were perhaps going to meet somebody? Yeah, but I know people who dress smartly all the time. Or pretty much all the time. Yeah, it's just like with his parents saying that's the only thing that stuck out to them as being a yeah. little different. Yeah, it's it's very, very odd, very strange. And I think from 2013, his father basically said that they're not they're not continuing to look. They they've kind of accepted that he he has passed away now. Yeah. So you've got moving on, you've got one more little one for us, have you? Yeah, so this is one that I remember seeing in the papers and then wondering what had happened with it because it seemed that the coverage was momentary and then didn't continue. And I was wondering if they'd been found. When I looked into it, I realised they hadn't been found and then that made the lack of reporting even more interesting. So what I thought would be like a they were missing or they were found and summarised in a few sentences led me down like you were saying subreddits and web sleuth rabbit holes and all sorts so I just want to summarise this case Um, but it is something that I think I would like to look into further for a future episode or possibly another sort of mini but Mm. maybe get you in on it as well oh okay because this is the case of daniel and liam pool so daniel and liam pool are a father and son daniel being 46 and liam being 22 they are from sussex and they flew to malaga on the 31st of march 2019 so seemingly like just a father and son going on holiday or going on sort of a little trip together they had been away together before so this wasn't that weird they kept in regular contact with their family usually and were always on the phones as most people are however the last contact that the family received was on the 1st of april and when they couldn't get in contact with them anymore they reported them missing because it was so out of character for them to not be in touch liam's bank card was used that day the 1st of april in an internet cafe so the resort they were staying at did have wi-fi so it was a bit sort of why would they choose to go to a internet cafe and what were they doing there is something we still don't really know now that night daniel returned to the hotel but liam didn't liam was spending the night at a mutual friend that they had over there in malaga and this has since been confirmed the following morning Daniel left the hotel in a car that they had rented. So this was like a British Airways rental car 
um, thing. And he was seen leaving the hotel. Now, after this, neither of them have been seen ever again. For a long, long, long time, and I'm talking like about eight, nine months, the car hadn't been found either. Then the car was found and it was only two two kilometres from the hotel that they were staying at. And I only know that the car was found because I went for a proper big online hunt about it. And it was only reported in like two newspapers. So when they first went missing, it did make the... um, like the papers in the UK and it was seemingly being taken very seriously because they'd only been missing sort of a day or two and it was being reported back in the UK and it had the serious crimes unit looking into it which is normally the kind of units that are used for looking into sort of murders um like things to do with drugs or extreme violence not usually missing people however this could have been because of some information that the police knew you see daniel had a criminal record however this was for offenses like a long time ago he had a criminal record for dealing and gbh from what I could find out. However, he hadn't actually committed a crime or been convicted of a crime since the birth of his children. So we're talking like 22 years ago. So it seems like a bit of a bit unlikely. Um, But it is reported that he had connections with people from the criminal underworld. You see, Daniel used to be married to a woman who was involved in a big drugs gang in london so it seems like there are connections and we can only assume that's why the police took this as seriously as they did also through researching this i've realized that malaga and spain in general has huge huge like underworld of drug dealing trafficking so much crime that i honestly didn't have an awareness of when i think of spain i think of like benadorm the tv program (laughs) and it has blown my mind researching this so the newspapers were pretty much sticking along the line of this ex-drug dealer and his son have gone missing which i feel is quite misleading and um very harsh because to summarise Daniel as a drug dealer is focusing on things that he did years ago and not that he has a family and friends and do you know what I mean it's a bit of course yeah um so (laughs) this um line of reporting seemed to continue and then just stop and if you are just looking sort of times daily mail you know like very generic regular reporting it seems that everyone thinks they were involved in some sort of drug deal that went wrong 
and they had a lot of cash with them and they've probably been killed and thrown in the Mediterranean, which is fucking horrible. But that's the general line of what there is to believe out there. However, I um, did a bit more digging and ended up on WebSleuth, which is definitely not the ideal place to be looking for um, information to write a podcast. I know this. However, Lauren Poole, who is the sister of Liam and daughter of Daniel, um, has been using WebSleuth as kind of a forum to set things sort of straight. She's got what's called like verified member status, so she has to prove who she is with some form of ID to the moderators. So as far as I can verify, this is really her. And she has been speaking about what's really been happening with that case. And it it isn't like um, hugely enlightening, but it does give a bit of perspective to some of the things that have been reported. So after Liam and Daniel went missing, the family did receive some ransom text messages sent to them however when they got the money together to pay these ransoms nothing was followed up so it seems like they were hoaxes also the family and anyone close to daniel and liam have been told explicitly not to share things with the media um, and to sort of keep everything to themselves however half of the family are kind of estranged is that the word estranged yeah yeah so it's daniel's ex-wife which is also liam's mum um and the grandma on that side have spoken quite publicly even going to spain um with the bbc and they have been openly saying that they think it's a drug thing that went wrong and that they took loads of cash over there and like they have been sort of contributing to the media's line of um like headlines about it being something to do with drugs whereas liam's sister daniel's daughter lauren i believe she's called um, has been saying while she doesn't rule that out she wishes that the media wouldn't focus on them being criminals because it is stopping people wanting to find them Yeah, when they were more than that like she was brought up by a dad because her mum and Liam's mum the lady who's been talking has had um, addiction problems all her life and she has never been sort of a fit mother to raise them. So they were raised by Daniel. And for all intents and purposes, she had a really good childhood. He works for a profitable painting business. And although they've had like a decent upbringing, it hasn't been the kind of upbringing that you would associate with somebody who had a lot of money from drugs. So just from her perspective, she wants people to focus on it's a missing dad and a missing brother and this is getting clouded by the way it's being reported and obviously this family feud isn't playing into that very well the times in particular have really taken this up as like a um 
almost like a classist kind of um, attack and really highlighted any sort of wrongdoings and associated them with kind of getting what's coming to them, which is horrible. Yeah. Whereas in Spain, there seems to be a little more compassion. There's a, a media outlet called the Olive Press, in which writes about the case in both Spanish and English, and that's a newspaper that's geared mostly at expats, and that has some what seem more balanced articles on the missing pair. So, like I said, there's lots of back and forth about why they could have been there. Lauren was under the impression that they were going there to possibly look at like a holiday home, and she did believe that they had quite a lot of cash with them and that isn't unusual when buying properties in Spain to pay a a lump of it in cash it's just often the way things are done over there some of the family have said they were going over to buy cars which doesn't make a huge amount of sense because of the exchange rate and bringing a car back and things like that whereas other people have said oh it was more likely it was something to do with drugs we don't know and Lauren doesn't know she admits that things about her father and son's kind of father and brother's trip that she might not have been privy to but people speculating when they have no proof isn't doing any good either so like I said the car was found and there was nothing arising from finding the car that gave them any more sort of leads so the car was in decent condition it was parked in a sort of normal public area two kilometers away there has been nothing else found to indicate where they might have been at all now when researching this there was lots of names thrown about of people who have dealings in sort of Malaga and I'm talking like criminal gang things like that and one name that kept cropping up was Kevin Parley who is wanted for two murders by Merseyside police he is a wanted man by the National Crime Agency and he has lots of links to Spain there's actually a former undercover policeman called Peter Belksley Blexley um, who has kind of dedicated his his life to trying to find this man called Kevin Parley, but that name kept being brought up again um, because he is a very violent man who was said to be in the area when these two went missing. And then that led me to reading a load about him and I think he sounds like an absolute vile man and someone it would be really interesting to look into because he's still wanted and still missing now and that is basically all the information I have on Daniel and Liam and it has opened my eyes to a whole other side of Malaga and Spain that I didn't know about And no matter what Daniel and Liam were doing in Spain, I think for the sake of Lauren and um, Daniel's brother, who also 
has never sort of given up, I think the family deserve to know what did happen. And it is scary how two, not, I don't know, but it's like two grown men physically fit, um, you wouldn't consider them vulnerable in any way, have completely gone missing and no one is speaking about it. Yeah, it's very strange, that, isn't it? Definitely. Had you heard of this before I, now? Like, similar to what you said, bri- like, briefly, but I did. I wasn't aware of all the little avenues that could go away, like, go off it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If you actually Google their names, one of the first headlines that comes up is, like, um, father and son murdered and dumped in the Mediterranean. Wow. Which looks like um, a conclusion, doesn't it? And that's just not the case. No, exactly. At all. That's what's been speculated by some of their own family. But it's being reported as if that's a fact. And it's not. These two men have never been found. So strange. Yeah. And just like little extra bits there. All their belongings and passports were in the hotel room. Um so it wasn't as if they were planning to leave or doesn't seem like they were um the car obviously was just parked on a street it wasn't sort of returned to the place where they rented it so you would assume that they planned to be coming back to the car to use it like later down the line on their holiday Although there's been a lot of focus on like the past criminal convictions of Daniel, Liam was 22 and had never had like, any problems with the law. So, yeah, I feel like the reporting of the case has been detrimental to how people perceive them and possibly whether people are looking. Um, a couple of sort of Spanish forums I found talking about this. It's not sort of widely covered there. There's people who live just an hour outside of Malaga and have never heard of it. Wow. So, um, I'd love to know what the police know that we don't. Because they did seem to take it very seriously straight away. But then there's been very little reporting on it, which just seems like contradictory. Yeah, I guess it, I guess like not to defend the police, but I guess it's kind of hard when things happen in a, in another country. You know, it's that communication between police forces as well, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And um, there's laws in Spain to protect people from being filmed in public. So the use of CCTV in Spain is a lot different to how it's used in the UK. So there's a lot of people asking to trace CCTV of them and it's just very unlikely there is any. Yeah. And like you said, like, even if there is getting hold of it, it would be, you know, like a a whole problem in itself, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It is like you said, though, it's a very interesting case and it does sound like it deserves, um, you know, a bit more of a a look into, for sure. Yeah, I was genuinely thinking (laughs) it was going to be like him. I looked up these uh, two men that went missing and it actually (laughs) turns out they were found. Or it would be like, they're still missing and there's been nothing. And that's kind of the case. There's been nothing said by the police, but 
I don't know. I don't know. I just feel sorry for Lauren, the the daughter of, of Daniel and sister of Liam. Yeah. It's it's like you say, there's just no no closure there, is there? Yeah, I do find things to do with like gangs very interesting and whether they were sort of involved in anything like that or not, um, it has opened my eyes to some interesting uh, avenues. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all. Um, very confusing. I'm very sorry. It just is. Um, that's the problem with doing sort of missing or unsolved. They're often quite confusing. Yeah, yeah. But it's always good, like you say, it's always good to highlight these cases that maybe do get forgotten and... Oh, misreported. Yeah. Mm. Well, what are we (laughs) doing next week, Kelly? Oh, well, if I'm still here, I feel like I might not make it. Um, Next week, I am going to be covering um, a little-known case, which kind of reminds me a bit of some of the ones we've covered today um so yeah that'll be a good one it's a uk based one um and again not much of a conclusion but lots of speculation so hope you join us for that okay guys see you next week bye bye